Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton, and this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accounts and Business Advisors. Welcome to the show, Patrick Blenner. Has it my colleague here at Business in Vancouver? Thanks for having me, Tyler. Yeah, so Patrick, what have you been writing about in this week's newspaper? So I got a story in the uh, back section uh, concerning construction. And uh, it talks about the third largest construction project that's currently ongoing in Metro Vancouver right now. And it's the G3 grain terminal. And before you hit the snooze button, um, there are some interesting things about this project. Um, And it's not just this sort of boring silo, concrete silo sort of cast up in North Van. Um, There's some uh, sort of side stories to it that I think makes it quite uh, quite interesting, not to repeat the word, but I think the first off is to sort of talk about the fact that this is obviously a a Port of Vancouver project. It's on federal land. Um, It's being done by a company based out of Winnipeg, but it's really not for Vancouver at all. There's How gonna, so? There's going to be minimal Vancouver benefit. There's probably going to be you know, 60, 70 full-time jobs after it's all set up. Uh, right but they now, get some hot Vancouver property, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's federal property, so it is, yeah, it's, it's federal the, the property. can do whatever they want. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's a couple hundred construction jobs that are currently ongoing right now while the project's being completed. It's supposed to be done. Uh, next year sometime, or no, sorry, 2020. Um, But when it's finished, this grain terminal is going to be a really sort of modern day technological marvel in some ways. Is that I never associate technological marvels with grain terminals. Tell me why this is. Probably a bit of an oxymoron there, but they have sort of, they're going to have this first sort of closed loop, which basically allows the grain to kind of come in it gets loaded off, it goes into the silos, it heads to overseas, it heads to China, it heads wherever it has to go. And then the, um, the trail, the, uh, it's, it, the tracks are sort of looped back out. So basically the rail line heads out and they don't need a lot of people to do this. Um, and so this is a good example, I think, where it gets interesting of um, automation and innovation kind of taking jobs away because... Yeah. None of those union jobs that no, a lot of people, well, a lot of employers might complain about. Yeah, and this is taking up a lot of land. I mean, I think it's something like 40-odd uh, acres, basically, you know, like you said, prime North Vancouver territory. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that the economic benefit for Vancouver and even for British Columbia is low as well. I mean, most of the, pretty much all of the grain in Canada is harvested in the prairies, and so it's going to hop on a train. It's going to come to this kind of automated G3 grain terminal, and it's going to go overseas elsewhere. It's going to help Canada's GDP, but in terms of creating jobs for Vancouverites, in terms of creating jobs for the local or you know economic benefit for the local economy, um, that's not really going to happen. So I think this is a... a so you're re- saying that people in... Saskatoon don't have to give up some prime waterfront real estate yeah, for the yeah. benefit of, of the national economy. Yeah, we're kind of, and I talked to Peter Hall, he's an SFU professor in urban studies, um, and he made a really interesting point is that we're kind of taking one for the team here. 
um, automation is taking the jobs away that would go. I mean, the last time they built a grain terminal in Vancouver was in the 60s and they needed hundreds of people to run it. Um, now you're looking at, you know, a couple dozen. So we're but, really taking the hit for Canada here in a way. So, But we are a federation, you know, is it not good for the, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, yeah, right? It's yeah. To a certain degree. So, yeah. or I, maybe I'll, I'll switch around. Maybe what's good for the gander is good for the goose. And that if Canada as a whole is benefiting from yeah. it, I'm sure it's not harming Vancouver, but is, is the question that, we're maybe not necessarily getting enough back as we would in decades ago just because technology is changing the labor market significantly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you would call this a case of nimbyism, but basically what it's doing is that there's been a real backlog of rail cars when it comes to getting the grain out of the prairies to the port and overseas. So this is sort of unclogging that network and it's allowing us to, since the Canadian Wheat Board was dissolved, um, it's sort of opened up grain more to the free market. So the window of opportunity for this is now, and it needs to be built in Vancouver. You can't build this anywhere else but North Van because that's where the rail line goes. Yeah. So this is kind of a, you know, we're between a rock and a hard place. This is obviously land that had to be built for this. And Hopefully what it does is that it allows Canada's grain to, you know, help the GDP. And I mean, grain is a, is a pretty big commodity here. It's a pretty big, big export for us. So I, I just think it's, a, it's an interesting sort of example of what happens when you have things sort of like a national economy versus a regional economy versus a local economy. And then you also throw in things like automation and technology I mean, 60 years ago, if they had built this grain terminal, it would have been amazing for Vancouver because there probably would have been hundreds or even over a thousand jobs created for locals. Not so much today. So, Well, you know, Patrick, you clearly have grain on the brain. And oh. I'll ask that you stick around after that horrible joke as well as after these. Do I have to stick around? Y you should. But uh <laughs> We're going to have a, a short advertisement uh, before we come back to talk about, I guess, the influence that American technology companies are having on the local scene here in Vancouver. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm that will be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning LA Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600 at 604-714-3600 or else check them out on their website at manningelliot.ca. So Patrick, I had the opportunity to speak with the new president and COO of Avigilon. This is the Vancouver-based, Vancouver-founded startup that specialized in HD video surveillance, as well as video analytics, uh, recently just acquired by Motorola uh, for $1 billion U.S. This is a historic exit. It shows that you know Vancouver can produce unicorns. These companies, the term coined by the Silicon Valley for any company valued at more than a billion dollars, any startup valued at more than a billion dollars. So 
What do you think is next for this Vancouver company now that they have kind of an, an American overlord, so to speak? And they, they deal in video surveillance, so it's sort of like security footage. Very much, and, yeah, yeah, focused yeah. on security. It's very cool stuff in which you know they're able to, I, I guess, scan and identify faces using like AI. They, they can, uh, it's very cool stuff that they've been working on, but maybe some 1984 sort of shades going yeah, on there. Yeah, a little bit of Big Brother. I know we talked about this on the radio show a couple of weeks ago that the Chinese company that's scanning people's faces through video uh, chat or I guess video programs and detecting whether or not they're being truthful in a loan application. So, and I know, is it Amazon or is it, I think some Chinese companies are actually using it a la Amazon's sort of uh, no checkout store is that right. you yeah. walk in and there's facial recognition rather than having to scan a card to go in and go out. You literally just walk in and walk out and the Chinese video program picks up your face and that's how you pay the bill. Yeah. So I but, think, yeah, I, I think I, I definitely think this is where things are going is like facial recognition is, is a big thing now. Yeah. I, I and I think, Motorola is recognizing that there's a lot of, and I hate using the word synergies, but there's a lot of synergies between the two companies just because of their expertise in telecommunications and Vigilon's own expertise in both video hardware as well as software. Mm -hmm. So uh, I spoke to James Henderson, the new uh, head of Vigilon. He took over from Alex Fernandez, who founded the company uh, about uh, 2011. And it's kind of an interesting, or no, I, I should apologize. Uh, Fernandez founded the company in 2006, and Henderson actually joined in 2011. But with regards to Henderson, um, he's going to be based in Texas. Uh, so the company is going to remain headquartered in Vancouver. It, he's actually a Torontonian, so it's still that Canadian connection that he mm -hmm. has there. But you can tell very much that this company is being pivoted more towards the u.s and of mm. course look if you want to be a big successful canadian company you can't focus on a canadian market you like we're very small 35 million people it's not that much here but uh, going forward uh, he says look he worked under fernandez for like seven years he wants to maintain the continuity that exists uh between regime to regime so mm. the plan is and look this didn't surprise me but like if a company like motorola buys a vigilant i don't think it's to gut the company no uh henderson tells me that they do want to expand their r&d within vancouver also just expand sales offices so i mean this is a story about growth mm -hmm. uh, more than anything else and i think it's obviously a benefit for vancouver if motorola is going to let the company sort of exist and grow here. Yeah. And I mean, we obviously do have a bit of a supply issue when it comes to commercial real estate in downtown Vancouver, but that's going to get quenched by, you know, 2020 or even earlier than that. So there's going to be a lot of room to grow so even in downtown Vancouver. The, so the, the fascinating thing about a Vigilon is before they were acquired by Motorola, they actually bought an entire tower from uh, TELUS, uh, like an office tower from really? TELUS. Yeah. They renovated, um, uh, you know, I think a hundred or well, I I don't remember the exact number of square feet, but they renovated it extensively for their own use, mm -hmm. and then they sold the building back, made a huge profit off of this because in they the sell it back to tell us <laughs> no, uh, back to an undisclosed buyer, oh, okay. and so they made a huge profit as the market just 
shot up here for real estate in Vancouver. Wow. And so, I mean, what I'm getting at though is, uh, yeah, they're going to have an abundance of um, real estate to work within Vancouver as well. But the other thing that's notable here though is you're going to have a guy like Alexander Fernandez, the founder of the company, he's walking away with 10% of the shares. Mm-hmm. So he's walking away with about $100 million US. Mm. So I think what you could look forward to is maybe more angel investment going on in the city. Yeah, You're going to have that kind of wealth spiral where more people are going to be here with the expertise to produce a lot of these you know, very notable startups going forward. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting, this is not a bad thing for necessarily for Vancouver's tech community. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a cliche word that's used, but incubator is, is a good word to use here because like you said, you have that spinoff, you have that yeah. ability to grow other country or companies. Um, and if we have the space, you know, the commercial space, we can fill out some of these towers that are coming up. But I like that idea of, of us becoming more of an incubator. I think it's time that we start to sort of get more sort of valuation and capital and, and you know, pop out a few more unicorns, so to say. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, Patrick, always great. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. That is BIV reporter Patrick Blatter has it. And I'd ask that you don't for- forget to subscribe to the podcast. Maybe give us five stars if you'd be so kind on iTunes. It helps us reach more people. Leaving us a review as well would be very kind. But uh, for now, you can find me at Reporton. That's uh, on Twitter. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. You can read all of our stories, mine as well as Patrick's, at BIV.com. Until next time, this is the Business of Vancouver podcast.